What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Um, I was actually in the middle of writing an article uh, last night to uh, kind of uh, in preparation of uh, an anniversary that's coming up for me of collecting. So I remember um, I was probably about to turn nine or something, if I remember correctly, and because uh, my birthday's in May, and I actually ran across a few journals a number of years back of where I was talking about um, baseball cards, and I say I said in one of them that March 12th was like my first uh, time to actually get baseball cards, March 12th, 1989, so I guess that's, mm, can't really do uh, math on the fly too well, they're 32 years um, is when I uh, first started collecting, I don't know. Um, but uh, it, like when I really started collecting, before that I picked up my first pack of cards probably like in 87 or something. But um, anyways, very, very fun to be able to uh, do that. I normally do an article on that day uh, that talks about it and kind of gives an update of where I'm at in the collecting world uh, with my own collection, my outlook on the hobby, that sort of thing. And uh you know, I'm able to normally, you know, put up a fun picture of, you know, the actual journal that I wrote in. It's, you know, my handwriting is not, you know, is not improved <laughs> in 32 years. I, uh, I am definitely a, a keyboard guy, that's for sure. So, uh, but anyways, it's, uh, it was, it's been fun. Like the last probably, I want to say month or so, I've written about three articles that kind of highlighted all of my, my current obsessions of, you know, vintage cards and, and transformers and comic books and you know so i've uh in the last piece of the puzzle is really kind of doing an update of my uh, canseco collection and uh so i'm looking forward to doing that i i enjoy putting these articles together and really just kind of being able to uh i don't know i mean it's it's fun getting feedback but a lot of it also is is really just to have like an online journal for me which i would recommend you guys do also um, you know, just set up a blog and start writing about your purchases and what you're thinking about the hobby and that sort of thing. And, um, cause it's fun, you know, and, and you might find that, you know, this becomes a part of your hobby as well, uh, and share it with everybody. You know, that's, that's one of the things that's great about it is to be able to, to share your viewpoints on the hobby, what you have in your collection. Um, it just kind of adds a whole other dimension to this hobby, um, whenever you do that, but, um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I actually ran across a few, uh, statistics and they're going to be like, uh, I'm just going to be wrong guys. Like when I, when I quote some of these, some of these, uh, uh, stats here, but that's okay. I'm going to try to remember. I, I was like up to like one last night, you know, just kind of writing things down and stuff. Cause it's just what I do. Um, and, uh, I, you know, counted some cards and, and the funny thing is, uh, because I have my old collection, uh, up at kinsecocollector.com and all the scans and everything, and it's organized. I'm able to like search and look at everything. That's like my favorite that were my favorite cards back then. The rarest ones, the one of ones, the game used ones, the autograph ones, like, and I can filter down to see what, uh, just specific categories or I can combine the categories. So I've been using my, and this is just what I do. Like, I've been using it as my like uh, as a measuring stick to see where my collection is now compared to where it was then, and there is it's you know clearly obvious that I'm not ever going to get to that point to what I had again, 
as far as Conseco cards go, um, from a quantity perspective. It, and you know, that said, I don't want to be, I don't, that's not my goal anymore. And I've said that many, many, many times. I don't want to do the, the 15 card rainbows. Um, there are some rainbows that I might not want a single card in. Um, or if there is, maybe I just want one of them in there. So anyways, I'm, I'm, uh, Counting my cards, I found out that uh, you know I used to have over five thousand unique cards, which is crazy, um, of Conseco. And there are a lot of other you know more prominent players that uh, that have more cards than that out there. But you know Conseco doesn't love that was like proofs or uh, error cards and that sort of thing. So um, you know when it comes to Conseco collecting, when you hit like I don't know what it is like twenty five hundred cards, unique cards or something like that. Uh, it gets significantly more difficult to find newer cards to add. Um, <coughs> at least, uh, excuse me. At least that's how it was back in 2018 when I stopped. Now, you know, we've got a good, uh, you know, coming up on three years since I've been a super collector um, that they've added way, way, way more cards. In fact, I've even looked like they'll have, uh, you know, Leaf, for instance. I don't know why they do this, but. Uh, They've got like a, a number of one of ones, uh, virtually the same card, just with a different, you know, material that they use, and they've got copies of each of these one of ones that are uh, called proof one of ones. And I'm thinking, man, that's <laughs> hey, wow! You just uh, you know everybody seems to milk this uh, one of one thing. It seems like, but um, anyways, and, and to that point, in my old collection, I had over like two hundred one of ones. Now I think I've got like 20, maybe 25, 30, something like that. Like uh, significantly fewer. But the thing is, is there are, you know, well over a hundred of them in my previous collection that I wouldn't even allow in my collection now. Like I, I wouldn't even want them. If they were in my collection now, I would sell them immediately or trade them away. Um, in fact, I've got like nine or 10 uh, one of one Conseco's right now that are locked up in, in potential trade deals. Uh, because you know, I, the fact that it says one of one means nothing to me. It's if it's a card that I actually truly like and enjoy and, and love looking at and that sort of thing, then that's kind of the criteria that I go by, not the, you know, not the serial number stamp. Um, so anyways, another thing, I think there were like, uh, 85 or so, um, patch cards I had back then and and 30 something of them I would immediately get rid of if I had them today so now I've got like 50 something where I really do like them I really do enjoy uh, the patches which is kind of uh, kind of fun you know kind of cool uh, to be able to to be able to see that where you know I might actually have more patch cards that I care about now than you know than I did back then uh, you know they're same with uh, autographs there were Oh my gosh. I mean, I think I had over 700 and, and in the article that I drop, I will, I will probably have hard numbers for you on this if anybody cares, <laughs> but, uh, I had like over 700, I think unique pack pulled autographs. Uh, and really at this point, only a little over a hundred would have ever even made it in my collection now. Um, that's probably similar to what I have. Uh, right now as far as uh, you know, quantity of autographs which by the way guys like even thinking about a hundred autographs of the same player is kind of crazy to think about you know like I, I remember I've talked about this before uh, I remember looking in a uh, Beckett magazine 
years and years and years ago. And uh, this guy's got a uh, like a page full of A9 upper deck Griffies, you know, like nine, you know, nine of them. I go, whoa, what does he need all that for? You know, he had like a few autographs or something. I was like, why, why would he want more than one autograph of this guy? <laughs> well, you know, times have changed, haven't they? Um, but uh, anyways, and, and so a few of the other interesting uh, data points here was um, there were probably 175 or so cards in my old collection where I go, yeah, I really like this card. I really like this card. Uh, and that's kind of the same for my collection now. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think it's 174. Um, so it's very similar numbering. Um, and the fun part for me was to see that there's probably about 30 or so cards right now that I just miss that I don't have. And, and the odds are I may never get you know, get back, which is okay. Cause they're always making more and there always be other cool cards, but, uh, 30 of them. But the cool thing is, is that there are 38 cards that I just, you know, love, love, love that I didn't, that I have now that I didn't have back then. Um, so it's kind of a fun thing to see that in many ways, while the quantity is way off, like I've got like 500 cards now, as opposed to over 5,000 back then. Uh, while the quantity is, is vastly different, um, the quality uh, has actually seemingly gone up a little bit. Um, and so, you know, of course, I don't have, I think I used to have like four or five bat barrels. I only have like two now. Uh, and, and that was kind of my goal setting, you know, starting out was to, uh, when I came back, was to have maybe just one special barrel or something instead of having, you know, just being like this barrel monger where I like keep buying up barrels and because uh, they're going to keep making them. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. But yeah, I've got two now. I'm actually uh, considering trying to possibly trade one of them. Uh, we, we'll see what happens there. But um, uh, yeah, it's just been it's been fun. It's been fun to like mold this uh, this collection into something that I really want and I uh, really like. In fact, as of last night, I'm actually uh, considering uh, parting with perhaps maybe 150 of the Canseco cards, maybe 200, I don't know. Uh, so we're talking about, you know, like chopping off maybe a third, uh, probably not half, but somewhere between a third and a half, I guess, of my existing collection. Just because I'm looking at these cards, guys, and I'm like, you know, do I really love this? Do I really care about this? Like this card is in my box. Um, do I get excited when I pull it out and look at it? Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at right now is, uh, and who knows, maybe by the time, uh, I'm podcasting a month from now or a year from now, uh, I might only have 10 cards left because I go, well, actually based on that criteria, I only love these 10 cards. I don't know. But, um, but it, it's, it's interesting how my tastes change and how I'm looking at these cards where I'm like, you know what? I don't truly love this card. Uh, it's kind of rare. Yeah. But if it were online, would I actually buy it? And so that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm thinking if that, if the answer is no, maybe I'll sell them. Um, especially now because like prices are, you know, crazy or whatever. But, uh, and there's also another motive or reason, uh, for me selling off cards of Kinseiko that I don't really, uh, have a massive love for right now. And, and that reason is similar to, uh, you know, my massive sell-off from a few months ago when I got rid of a bunch of stuff I just didn't care about or doubles or whatever. And that is 
uh, moving it, moving that money into something that I do care about. So let me talk to you about uh, a little bit, a little bit about moving into comic books here. So uh, there are a few comics I really would love to have. Um, one of them that I'm really kind of targeting right now is is a Fantastic Four number five, uh, and this is the first appearance of Doctor Doom. And uh, you know it's a it's a neat comic, and and so it's one that I would probably rather have on my shelf than a bunch of these Conseco cards that are just in boxes that whenever I pull out, I don't really care a whole lot about. Um, so that's going to be pretty interesting to see if that can happen. Um, there's a few others, an Amazing Fantasy 15. That's a Spider-Man's first appearance, a Hulk number one. Uh, Tales of uh, Suspense, I think, number 39 is Iron Man's number first appearance. And I think there's also a Journey into Mystery, which is Thor's first appearance. Um, you know, so obviously I'm a big fan of Marvel and the Avengers. And so um, I'm starting to think about this. And I'm actually, you know, kind of to that point, uh, you know, I'm talking to somebody else that has a number of these uh, about trading possibly some of my vintage cards for some of these here. I've got a, I do have a, a good feeling for some of these uh, comics to do well. Um, and so, you know, I, I was actually telling my son, like the reason why I'm podcasting right now is I just dropped him off over uh, at the gym here. I'm just waiting for him to, uh, to be done. You know, it's, he's doing this, uh, you know, American Ninja Warrior training kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I told him, I was like, yeah, so I might be do, doing the unthinkable and trading some baseball cards for comic books. Uh, and, you know, keep in mind, baseball cards will always be top tier for me, like number one. I uh, There are some cards I will never trade, but there are some cards I'm finding that maybe I don't love as much as certain uh, comic books I have. So, And by the way, comic books have done pretty well uh, recently, uh, which is kind of... As I, you know, in 2019, early 2019, wherever I was really kind of looking into how to reinvest my Conseco money, there's there's one thing that kind of pops up, stands out to me, is, uh, um, you know, some of the vintage cards which that I bought, which I ended up selling later, which, oh, I wish I didn't sell all of them back then, and I wish I kept a few of them because they skyrocketed in price, but um, two of them that are kind of uh, tied forever in my brain, I think. It was going to be a 1955 Tops Roberto Clemente rookie. It was a PSA 3 and a uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 129. It's a CGC graded uh, 6.5 and uh, it's Punisher's first appearance, by the way. Beautiful cover. Um, and so I bought those around the same time and I think I... I think I had $775 into the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 129. I think I had probably $900 into the Clemente PSA 3. This is rookie, of course. Uh, so I looked, and I think the Clemente, like if I were to sell that now, I think I'd probably get $2,500 for it. I'm like, dang, you know, that's that's rough. That's 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 hard to see, you know, like that, that card nearly tripled in, in price. And there's a number of cards out there that I had that have tripled like that. Um, at least, you know, some have done multiples, you know, more than, more than three. Um, but, uh, the amazing Spider-Man 129 is, uh, like the last copy I think sold for like $2,000. Uh, you know, so that actually has done really well also, you know, so it's kind of fun to see, um, 
you know, see these, these comics and cards both that are really big deals, uh, actually take off and do some, and, and, you know, do really well. Uh, so I, I think that there's a few other comics out there that, that can do the same thing, um, and will do the same thing. And I don't want to be in a position where, uh, I regret, and this might be something that you all might take note of and think about for yourself. Uh, there, there are some definite big cards and comics out there that I do not want to regret not getting. Uh, I think what we're seeing right now is there are, uh, cards that are literally skyrocketing out of reach for people. And, you know, that's kind of a, a bummer of a feeling like the, I've heard that so many times recently where I posted something, uh, on the 52 tops mantle, um, you know, some PSA ones and SGC, like low grade one or two or something like that. These are going like the last three of them, I think have sold for between 32 and $38,000. Um, you know, I mean, gosh, that's, that's a lot of money. I mean, we're talking each by the way. So, uh, and, and this is for low grades. Like the last one I saw sold for $33,000 is a PSA one and there are wrinkles all over the front of it and it, it displayed nicely, you know, so the, the owner is going to be very happy with it, no doubt. Um, but it had wrinkles all over it and it went for $33,000, like about a year ago. Um, you know, maybe that card is, is, uh, you know, $10,000 or something or $12,000, uh, crazy, crazy times. Now, with that said, with the craziness of the newness of the, of the new cards in the market, it makes sense that the 52 mantle is skyrocketing, um, you know, for sure. And, and I, I don't see it stop anytime soon. I think there's, I think personally, there's going to be a lot more room, uh, for this, for this card to grow. Um, but, uh, but, you know, there's some people that, you know, I posted that about how, you know, yeah, it's crazy guys like the PSA one and, and SGC two, they're, they've all sold for between uh, 33 and $38,000. And there are a number of people that go, Oh man, that sucks. Like I, I really just wish that, you know, I picked one up a, a year ago, even though it seemed like so expensive back then. Um, now I'll never be able to get one. And, uh, it's sad because like, I mean, shoot, that's priced out of, out of my realm. Um, you know, like there's, I, I, if I didn't have one, I, I wouldn't be able to say, you know, oh yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think I'll go ahead and get, you know, put $33,000 or $38,000 or whatever, uh, for one of them. I just wouldn't do that or, you know, because, uh, you know, it's just wildly expensive. Now, you know, that said, if it hits 50,000 next year, um, I would probably have said, you know, oh man, I wish I put $33,000 into a 52 tops mantle. Um, you know, in fact, like I actually went back, uh, and talk about crossing over, uh, cards and comics. Uh, I was, as I was just getting into to comics, um, I think I picked up my 52 mantle in a trade. And by the way, um, uh, if you all remember, I, I traded my, uh, PSA 10, 2011 tops update, uh, Mike Trout diamond, uh, plus some cash for the 52 mantle. Um, and immediately like I put it up for sale, like I put it up for, uh, for a ridiculous amount at the time of like $18,000 on eBay, your best offer. And I had some people that were seriously sniffing, uh, the card at that price even back then. And I was like, ah, no, I'm going to take that down. I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I had a, a couple friends say, Hey, you know, what's going on with this card? Do you want to move it? 
And I remember telling a buddy of mine, I said, yeah, this one guy actually has uh, said that he's willing to, to send $14,000 plus shipping and everything right now uh, you know, to it. And I was like, yeah, I said, no, nah, but I think I'm going to hang on to it a little bit. But that just goes to show you how I was like not a thousand percent sure that I was going to turn this guy down. Um, somebody else tried to get for 10 grand from me and, you know, it's kind of a, you know, that wouldn't have worked out well either. I would have been really upset <laughs> at that point. Uh, but the guy that offered 14,000, which I eventually turned down, he actually had an amazing fantasy number 15, which is Spider-Man's first appearance. And I kind of see the amazing 15, uh, amazing fantasy 15 as the, the mantle, the Mickey mantle, the 52 tops mantle of the comic book world. Um, they're more expensive cards for sure, but like that's kind of like the the comic um, when it comes to Silver Age comics. I mean, there's obviously you know Batman number one and Superman number one; those are you know wildly expensive uh, books. But you know, it's kind of interesting because like I was I was considering it for a second. You know, oh that'd be kind of neat. You know, to have an amazing fantasy number fifteen. But I step back and go, you know, there's no way I can move a fifty-two tops mantle for that. I mean. Especially, you know, the one I have now is like the eye appeal is just like crazy good. So anyways, but I don't know. It's one thing that I'm, that I'm finding in the potential four massive deals I have going on right now. There's two potential trade deals. Uh, well, three potential trade deals. Uh, two of them are, are uh, Canseco cards for Canseco cards. One of them's cards for comics and a possible sale um, of many Canseco cards for cash to go toward comics. The one thing I'm finding is the thing that makes me excited enough to actually even do a podcast <laughs> is the movement. Um, the movement of possibly making these big changes. Because I remember last night sitting sitting in my office going, man, I really want some of these comics here. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable at all move, you know, putting the cash uh, into some of these comics right now. I just, I, I'm just not. And then thinking, if only there's a way for me to, for me to figure out how to do this. And and then real come to the realization that you know, I have the I have the ability to do this by trading and by selling some things I have already. And so I started putting some, uh, uh, you know, I started putting pen to paper and go, huh, this is actually workable. This is doable. That's how I picked up, uh, you know, the uh, 33 Canadian Gaudi Worldwide Gum uh, Babe Ruth. Which, by the way, like the Gaudi versions of these are skyrocketing. Like there are some, you know, PSA threes or uh, or whatever that they're selling or SGC threes. I think um, they're selling like up over twenty thousand dollars now. I mean, it's uh, and and that's another card, by the way, guys. Like that I think has a lot of room to move. Is the thirty three Gaudi Ruths and Worldwide Gum Ruths? I think that they have a lot of room to move just because of what they are. Um, but you know, the the main way that I was able to fund that is by selling a bunch of cards I already had. Uh, same with that old judge King Kelly that I'm just madly in love with, you know? So, um, anyways, but it's, it's really interesting. It's interesting to see how, you know, how my tastes change, uh, and that, you know, the blog that I do, the, the articles I write, tamanbaseballfan.com, they help me see where I've been, um, in the past. And, uh, it's great to kind of read and go back and, and document where I've been and everything for sure. And, uh, you know, just, just obviously I, I do truly hope, and I hope this for you too, that if you're a movement junkie like I am, um, that you don't make 
moves just for the sake of making moves. <laughs> Obviously, it needs to make sense. Uh, you know, so that's what I'm hoping for in this next round of uh, of moves I'm making. I'm hoping that that they make sense for my collection and and that they make the most financial sense also. But um, anyway, so that's kind of just kind of like a little bit of a data dump that I wanted to give you all for. Uh, for this morning. And, uh, you know, so thank you all for listening and uh, I hope you all have a uh, fantastic weekend.